When we say call us at Doty Legacy Group, the key word is legacy. It's all about taking care of you and getting it to the next generation the best way possible. Call us at 660-885-8835. My name is Jim Briggs. I'm your Deacon of the Week. If you have a prayer need or anything I can help you with, please feel free to call me. Bow with me as we go to the Lord. We thank you, dear God, for this day. I know, Lord, we take every day for granted, but you're in control. Lord, I just praise you because of who you are and what you do in our life. I know, Lord, you're in control. I just ask, tell your blessings on this service, Lord, that we may take time out of our life to realize that we need to praise you. Lord, so much of the time, this one hour might be all we spend in the whole week taking time to praise you and forgive us for that, Lord. We just ask now that you uh, prepare hearts for this service, that we might, Lord, uh, uh, just... Take time to realize that we do need to praise you and thank you for who you are. I ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. Two weeks from today. Two weeks from, two weeks from today. And it's sir. No. Um, trunk or treat. So uh, we're, the numbers are looking better. Still need more people. And, and the Lord has spoken to me and revealed many of your names personally to me. And so um, rather than me have to come use that and guilt you into it, you just need to go ahead and sign up. Okay? Sign-up sheets are in the Sunday school boxes. They're out front. We need you. Trunk or treat. My wife says, don't forget, if you own a camera and would you, you would like to take pictures, help her take pictures to see her today and let her know that. So that's what I've got. Who's next? Daniel. Morning, church. Um, again, so prayer journal. If you have not gotten a prayer journal, right outside you will find the prayer journals. Um, obviously... 
uh, you're going to get a daily uh, prayer request of uh, people that are in missions or missionaries that need your prayers. And again, it goes to their prayer needs, so it goes in great detail. Um, so today's day 17. It's Henry County Rescue Mission. Uh, we want to make sure and keep them in our prayers. And I did. I do understand uh, Frank. I don't see Frank Hadashak here. But if you got questions about Henry County Rescue Mission, talk to Frank Hadashak. And I believe meals are starting back up the first Thursday of November. So if that's something you've done in the past, uh, make sure and reach out to Frank and we'll get that going. So um, also the other nice thing about the prayer journal is the schedule in the very beginning. This is a big week this week. Everything starts Wednesday um, activity wise. So make sure and involve this in your all's prayer. Um, a lot of things are going on starting Wednesday through Sunday. Uh, just keep the missionaries um, and then all the people that are involved in this in your all's prayers. So that's all I have. And Joe, are you? Joe's coming up. Good morning. Well, you get to see me instead of Tony today. So uh, <laughs> I, fig- I figured we'd get a little, little clap over here. So anyway. This is the week. This is the week we've been praying for, preparing for, for eight months now, I think, nine. I, I don't remember when we had our first meeting. It was a long time ago, it seems like. So we do have some needs this week. Everybody's been great about uh, um, stepping up to help, do whatever. If you feel antsy on one day, Wednesday through Sunday, grab your prayer journal, look at the schedule, just come. Don't wait, just come. So don't have to call me, just come. Um, but... Sunday or sorry Wednesday around 10 a.m. We need somebody to volunteer to go to KCI and pick up the Grote Lucians from Montana. Um, we do have a transportation a vehicle available. Call me, call Randy, get a hold of us if you're available and want to drive up there and pick them up. Also on Sunday, a week from today, we will need uh, somebody to take them back to the airport. So uh, there again, get a hold of me or Randy. Um, Thursday night, while we have the men's event going on downtown, we would like to put together a women's missionary meal or gathering for the ladies that are here uh, with, with, the, with the missionary mission groups, whoever they might be with. Um, once again, get a hold of Randy or I. Friday, uh, when the ladies event is going on here, we would like to do something with the men. So once again, if you, if you feel led to uh, lead that or want to get something together, have a dinner at your house, whatever, let us know, please. So, and then after um, service on Sunday, uh, we need we need people to host lunches for the missionaries as well. I think we already have one group taken care of, 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 of. We have one group taken care of for that. We need some more. So uh, there are seven lunch opportunities in that in that respect. So um, other than that, just get a hold of Randy or I if if you're been led to to. to to do something in that respect, we'd appreciate it. Last thing, I need somebody to help me get six bales of hay in here to the to the church so we can get this seated out here. So okay. get a hold of me or Randy again <laughs> once in a while. Thank you. Thank you, Joe and all. Now, we've led up to the um, Acts 1-8 celebration, but life goes on beyond Acts 1-8 celebration, right? So in your... In your worship program this morning, you have a three-by-five card. And I don't want you just to throw the three-by-five card away. I'm mentioning now so that you have time to think about it. 
When you think about our community, what do you see as a great need or opportunity? You know, for years what we've done is we've tried to identify needs and meet them uh, as a way of connecting where God is at work. So I need your eyes and your, and, and your ears, your sense of what's going on in the community. And so just if you see something uh, that's a need, then put it on the card, drop it in the offering plate as you go out, uh, and then we'll, we'll collect these, collate them, take a look at what the greatest needs of our community uh, are based on what the body sees. So don't throw the card away. Write your note about the great needs in our community. Put it in the offering plate. We have this theme, kind of a theme going on. So a while ago, we had heaven coming down, and now we have love coming down and praise going up. That's right. We should stand for praise going up. We have a scripture reading, so we're going to read the gospel reading first. I got ahead. That's okay. (laughs) We are... uh, Excited to read out of Mark chapter 10, continuing in uh, the Gospel of Mark. Read with me, please. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Mark 10, 35 through 45. Amen. You may be seated.
stand together and uh, read from Psalm 104. This morning as we read, let's uh, turn our minds, focus our attention on the greatness of our God. If anyone this morning when you were driving in, um, did you see the fog on the, on the ponds? And just what a beautiful morning. Our creator God loves us. And uh, as we read together, let's not only think about his majesty of all of creation, think about the work that he has done in us. Praise the Lord, my soul. Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor and majesty. The Lord wraps himself in light as with a garment. He stretches out the heavens like a tent and lays the beams of his upper chambers on their waters. He makes the clouds his chariot and rides on the wings of the wind. He makes winds his messengers, flames of fire his servants. He set the earth on its foundations. It can never be moved. You covered it with watery depths as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. But at your rebuke, the waters fled. At the sound of your thunder, they took to flight. They flowed over the mountains. They went down into the valleys to the place you assigned for them. You set a boundary they cannot cross. Never again will they cover the earth. How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom, you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Praise the Lord, my soul. Praise the Lord. Psalm 104, 1 through 9, 24 and 35.
That deserves a hallelujah. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Lois and Lyle East. Right on the front row, almost the front row. It's the front row as you can get, I guess, in the Baptist church. 32 years, long term marriage. Thank you, guys for being a good role model for us. Role model in a number of ways. One, they set up front. Okay. Two, um, Lois and I share a common conviction. Worship is a full body experience. 
<laughs> yeah, so, oh, yeah. Well, our, uh, our Acts 1 8 celebration is coming. And as I want to just remind you this morning, Acts 1 8 is our strategy for fulfilling the Great Commission by loving people into a growing relationship with Jesus locally and globally. It, it, the, as we draw our circles, so to speak, around Henry County, around North America, and around the globe, this Acts 1-8 simply is our strategy for how we go outside the building to make a difference and impact this community and communities wherever we happen to be and wherever we have people uh, who are sent. And, and so Acts 1-8 is our, it's our, it's one of our basic strategies uh, in this community and beyond. The Acts 1-8 celebration, which starts on Wednesday, let me just encourage you to be here Wednesday night. Uh, Wednesday night will be a a great evening of worship. You'll have the opportunity of meeting the missionaries, our guests who are coming. And, uh, and, and then you will, you, you'll be, you will be challenged uh, with a message uh, from my friend Scott Kendig. And so I'm looking forward to, to us being here. I just want the, we want the room to be full Wednesday night. You have no better place to be than right here on Wednesday night. So let me just encourage you, come, get involved in the, in the worship as we start, because what we, what we do in this celebration is seek to inform and inspire those of us who are followers of Jesus to just stay with it, to stay with the mission until every person confesses Jesus is Lord. And so this is our time of inspiration and and information and figuring out how God's going to work in and through each one of us to fulfill His commission in our lives, how He's going to bring some people in our lives whom we can personally love into a growing relationship with Jesus. So come be a part, come be a part of it. Acts 1-8, Acts 1-8 is not a program. Let me say that over, I say that over and over and over again, but because, you know, sometimes, sometimes when we start doing things, we prepare, people begin to think of things as a program. Acts 1-8 is not a program. Acts 1-8 says that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in uh, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Did you catch the who? <laughs> it's you. See, Acts 1-8 is you and me on mission where we live, work, and play. Acts 1-8 is everyday living the gospel as a follower of Jesus. And so uh, I just... You know, it's not just, it's not a program. It's your everyday life as his witness in this community or wherever you happen to be. 
So last week we looked at Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 18, and, um, and I'll just remind you, this is a very important story to Luke and his church. Uh, so much so he repeats it three times in the book of Acts. You know, the book of Acts is not that long, and so to have a story repeated three times just reminds us how important this story of transformation is uh, to, the, to, the, to the church. And so this week we're going to look at Acts 22, Paul's defense, um, at, which he gives. And I'll remind you that, that to, um, um, to rise and respond, the rising is that first necessary step. It's the step in which God works transformation in our lives. And then the respond is how we connect with God, how we see where He is at work, and we join our lives to Him. We, we respond to His initiative as He reveals it to us. Acts 1-8 is, is life on mission, where you live, work, and play. Last week, we looked at three of six requirements for life on mission where you live, work, and play, and found in Paul's story, a personal, it takes a personal encounter with Jesus. You don't get in on this. You don't get inspired and motivated unless you have a personal encounter with Jesus. And so you have, and then, and then when you encounter Jesus, it takes a surrender a surrender of my life in repentance and faith to Him. And I receive from Him His call. And every one of us are called to serve Him in unique ways. We have each, as a believer, received the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes within us. The Holy Spirit gives, gifts our lives in ways that match up with our personality and our energies. And, and then He commissions us. He tasks us as His witness. And your witness is unique, truly unique. You are, it's a one-of-a-kind witness for you. Because you are one of a kind. You're one of a kind in personality. You're one of a kind in spiritual gift mix. And so he, he calls you to a specific kind of service. So this week we'll look at the next, at the other three. And they come really out of Paul's story as he makes his defense in uh, Acts 22 and 26, and so not to belabor and do this another week, I've kind of blended those two together. So we respond to, divine, to the divine initiative. God is at work around us. Listen, Paul says, Paul, as he's telling the story in Acts 22, verse 6, says, About noon I came near Damascus. Suddenly, a bright light from heaven flashed around me. It was, it was, this, this was not Paul's doing. 
It was God's divine initiative in him. And so here's the principle. It's a principle we learned from Henry Blackaby. God is always at work around us. We, we simply join him in what he is doing. And, and Jesus, Jesus teaches us this. It's not just something we learned from Henry Blackaby, although he put it into some words for us that the church has been able to latch on to. But Jesus said this way, My Father is always at work to this very day, and I too am working. Very truly, I tell you, the Son cannot, can do nothing by himself, but he can only do what he sees the Father doing. Because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. And so we operate the same way Jesus operated. Paul had his to-do list for the day. And God interrupted Saul's day. And he redirected his self-guided mission. And, and totally... <laughs> set him in a new direction altogether. I can just imagine the end of the day sitting with new friends at Ananias' house, Paul scans the group and says, wow, this day was not what I planned it to be. This sure didn't turn out like I thought it would. You see, because God's always at work. Crafting every day of your life and mine in ways, in ways beyond our ability to even imagine. If we open our eyes to see what he's doing, if we open our ears to hear what he's saying, if we open our hearts in faith to follow him, to join him. You see, he's always, always at work around us and he's always calling us to be participants with him. In his work, God sees what we cannot see. He knows what we cannot know. He opens our eyes and gives us vision. He opens our minds and, and gives us understanding. And so, for example, when I see the little green sign that says, Entering Henry County, it prompts me to pray, God, give us Henry County for your glory. But when I see that sign... It's not, I don't just see a green sign with some white letters on it. When, when I see the sign, I see your neighbors and my neighbors, 12 to 15,000 of them who are lost or unchurched right here in our county. You see, it's not just a green sign. It's a reminder all around us are people who need to know Jesus. And that's not a natural vision for me. Natural vision for me would see a green sign. See? But because it's his vision, because I'm seeing what he's doing, I'm experiencing his work in me when when I see more than a green sign. When I see our neighbors who need to know Jesus. It's not my vision. That's seeing what he sees. That's seeing what he sees. He is working 
in and around you? Will you respond to his divine initiative in your life? Will you join him in what he is doing all around you? You see, this is the essence of what it means to be a believer in Jesus. Joining him in what he's doing around you in and through your life. So if, if I'm going to live a life on mission where I live, work, and play, it'll simply be because I responded. I responded to God's work around me. If you're exploring God's work around you, sometimes you need the help of some other people. So you need to receive confirmation from others. God said to, um, um, to Saul, and uh, it's, uh, Luke puts it in, in verse 10, Acts 22, verse 10, get up and go to Damascus. There you will be told all you have been assigned to do. When Paul arrives in Damascus, God had been at work in a believer's heart and I'm so grateful. This believer, whose name was Ananias, decided to respond to God's initiative in his life because he had lots of reasons not to respond. But he responded to God's initiative. And so when, when Saul arrived, Ananias was ready, ready to help him. This is how Paul tells the story. In his defense, a man, verse, verse 12, a man named Ananias came to me, came to see me. He was a devout observer of the law and highly respected by all the Jews living there. He, notice what he said, he stood beside me and said, Brother Saul. Now, you know, you know this has to be God at work in Ananias' life, right? Because Saul is everything but a brother. He's a persecutor of the church. He came to Damascus to kill people like Ananias. And now, here he is. Isn't the way God works just totally amazing to you? Here he is. He's standing next to him and he's calling him his brother. Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very moment, I was able to see him. And then he said, the God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear words from his mouth. You will be his witness. <laughs> you know, there it is everywhere. You will be his witness. You will be his witness to all people of what you have seen and heard. And now, what are you waiting for? <laughs> Rise, get up. And be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. See, when Saul stood up on the road to Damascus and his, his companions took him by hand and started leading him into the city, you know, he's blinded, he can't see. And he has to trust these, his friends to lead him into the city. When 
when Saul, when Saul got there, God had prepared a person who would help him understand what was next in his life. You and I have some trusted friends that can help us make the similar kind of decisions. When Paul, when Paul came, to the, came back to Jerusalem, the church was not interested in him at all, by the way. But there was a man there. Listen to, listen to how Luke tells the story. When, when he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord, and the Lord had spoken to him, and, and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly the name in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. So Ananias and Barnabas come alongside Paul, and they, they help him understand God's calling in his life, and they help the church and other people understand God's calling in his life. When I said... When I said to my pastor, I think God's calling me to preach, it was almost like he said to me, well, what took you so long to, to come to that conclusion? It was something that he knew. He knew before I knew. God was up to something. Now, neither of us fully understood what that was going to look like, but you can receive good help and wise counsel from trusted friends. So let me just give you three quick confirmation checkpoints. If God, if you think God is, is at work in a particular way and he's calling you to join him in the work, first of all, confirm it with Scripture. He's not going to ask you anything to do which cannot be confirmed by his word. So, the, you know, the really cool thing about that is nothing really weird happens. You know, because he directs us through his word how we, what we should do. I've just, I have observed across the years, everything I need to know, I did not learn in kindergarten. But everything I really need to know, I did learn in the pages of this book about how to live my life, how to serve him, where to serve him? You see, you can find in the truth of the Scripture how God wants to be at work in your life. So go to the Scripture. Read it. Read it. Read it. You can never read it too much. I'm amazed that people say, well, I read the Bible. It's no big deal. When you've read it hundreds of times, you may get an idea of what it's about. So read it over and over again. Consult Scripture. Scripture will guide you in the direction that God wants you to go. Seek the counsel of trusted friends. You and I have some friends to whom we can turn and we can say, I think this is what God's saying to me, and this is where these are my scripture confirmations. 
What do you think? And, you know, sometimes your friends will say, oh, yeah, yay, God. Sometimes your friends will say, maybe you should go back and pray about that some more. You know, if they're really trusted friends. But our trusted friends help us, help us to have clarity about how God wants to use us in his work. And then, in the third, the third confirmation is what I, what I call stickiness. You know, it's an idea you cannot get away from. Every time you turn around, it's there. Um, the other day, I was, I was peeling a label off of something, you know, and you, you get a little glue off the backside of the label, and I thought, I would never get rid of that stuff. It was just sticky on my fingertips. Some of you still have, I saw the light running through your mind this morning. You know, it's just like the song that gets in your mind and you cannot get away from it. We've all been there. Well, what God's up to in your life and mine is the same way. It's sticky. It gets in our mind and we can't get away from it. And when we try to get away from it, His Spirit pulls it back to us. And right there it is. It's in our mind. And when I know, when I, when I know, when I can't get rid of it, I know to pay attention to it. Because God's up to something right here. So you'll receive the confirmation from others. And then you'll respond to His sending. Verse 21. Paul said, Then the Lord said to me, Go, I will send you far away to the Gentiles. So respond to His sending. Every one of us, we, we, are, we are a sent people. Jesus, Jesus put it this way. Jesus said, yes, you know me. And you know where I am from. I am not here on my own authority, but he who sent me is true. You do not know him, but you know him because I am from him and he sent me. Jesus was a sent person into this world so that we could know, so we could know God as he, as he himself, God, becomes incarnate to live in our world. He comes, he says, not on his own authority, but he comes because he was, he was sent. To the disciples, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And it comes all the way forward to us. Our commission is the same as the disciples. We are a sent people. You do not hear me say at the end of our meetings, you're dismissed. Because God's people are never dismissed. We are always sent. We are always commissioned. We are always on His mission. And, 
and we're in His presence constantly. God's people are not dismissed. We are sent. And because we are sent, we rise and respond. Because we are sent, we see where He's at work and we join ourselves to it. And then when we when we wonder what for sure is going on, we seek the counsel of friends and the scriptures. And then, and then we, we do simply what he says for us to do. We go. But it's not just going. We go make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. The Lord said to Saul, and Paul tells this in part of his story in Acts 26. He says, now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness to what you have seen and will see of me. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Jesus, Jesus commissioned Saul in exactly the same way he commissions each one of us. He appears to us. He's promised to be with us to the ends of the earth. And he is sending us. Will you rise and respond? To rise requires a transforming encounter with Jesus. And while this message is for the church today, it's also for you. If you've never confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, to rise requires a transforming encounter with Jesus. You can have that experience of transformation today, right here, right now. In a, in a moment, we're going to sing. And when we sing, we stand to sing. You just come and share with me here at the front your desire. Respond requires a daily surrender to God's initiative where we live, work, and play. So for some of us, the response is to step into where God's calling you into ways of serving Him where you live, work, and play. And some of you may be looking for a church home and we'd welcome members at this time. We exist to fulfill the Great Commission by loving people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Come and join with us. If you need this morning to experience a transforming encounter with Jesus, we're, we're going to sing, and I'm going to invite you to come and share with me at the front. If you join us online today, I, just click the I Want Jesus in My Life on our website, firstbaptistclinton.church, or text or call me, 205-336-7000.